Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allendary, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Dr. Eric Griggs, Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noids Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk to you about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our daily live show that airs at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. CDC issues guidelines that could change the way we work. As restaurants and retail stores begin to open nationwide, many white-collar businesses prepare to open their offices under new CDC recommendations. Their thorough guidelines encourage businesses to invest in new equipment to improve ventilation and air filtration, open windows in an attempt to kill germs with ultraviolet light, rearrange furniture to keep workers six feet apart, and set up physical barriers to separate them. The CDC also advises workers to avoid public transportation, promote frequent sanitization of personal and shared items, wear cloth face coverings in all business settings, and eat outside for lunch. These recommendations appear stricter than the CDC's earlier guidelines in May, when face masks were, for instance, encouraged only in certain settings. Company owners are concerned that they won't be able to provide space that meets the CDC's protocols or that their employees will feel on edge following the list of new rules. In addition, the CDC warns that offices that have been closed for several months should have been checked for mold, rodents, and stagnant water before reopening. Doc, things are changing. Although the new CDC's guidelines are meant to encourage offices to reopen safely, they are also a reminder of how the workplace can be modified for safety during the times of COVID-19. Now, some businesses will face higher costs to reopen, while others are continuing to work from home until the country reaches reaches a safer point. We will continue to follow this story and report it to you as we get more information. Have you heard of herd immunity? Okay, so we keep hearing the term herd immunity being bandied around, but we want to talk about what it really means in general and for moving forward. Herd immunity is the concept that if enough people are immune to a disease, then there won't be enough community spread of the disease to have large outbreaks in the future. We rely on this concept a lot in public health. Now, see, for example, if enough people are vaccinated against a disease, it protects people who can't get a vaccination for health reasons such as cancer or immune disorders. We also saw this concept being used in the so-called chickenpox parties of the 1980s, where if one toddler had chickenpox, other kids would come over to get exposed early rather than to wait until they were older. However, In order to get to a place of herd immunity, most of the population has to have antibodies. Now for COVID-19, the estimates are that if 60 to 70% of the population has antibodies, we can have a major impact on spread. This also assumes that immunity to COVID remains in our systems long enough, which is something that is still being studied. Now, this all sounds nice, but in reality, we are so far from reaching herd immunity. Sweden and the UK tried a limited lockdown to reach herd immunity, but so far they've only reached 7% and 17% respectfully. New York has reached maybe about 20%. Now, the stu- and that's New York City, rather. Now, the studies in Sweden also saw a significantly high death rate than surrounding countries. And with these numbers, we have to consider the toll 
each has paid to reach this amount of population immunity, especially when it comes to deaths. Hundreds of thousands of people have died around the world, and to allow spread with the goal of reaching herd immunity will result in even more excess mortality that we believe is not acceptable. Now, some say that reaching for herd immunity is too dangerous for countries. They believe a better response would be to try to limit the spread as much as possible through returning to distancing and quarantine measures as new waves of COVID-19 appear. Meanwhile, we are hopeful, again, we are hopeful for a vaccine to be released that will produce herd immunity without those excess deaths. Doc Griggs, there's so much here, uh, and it's so important for folks to understand some of these very key concepts. Your thoughts? As usual, Doc, you said a mouthful. While herd immunity is a reasonable goal from a public health perspective, allowing COVID-19 to run rampant to achieve it is just going to result in increased deaths and overwhelming hospitals around the world. We need to remember that the people that die from COVID-19 are people. They're someone's grandmother or grandfather or sibling or parent or child or somebody to somebody. And we can't just agree to sacrifice people in order to speed up normalcy. It may, be, it may, it may sound nice to just, to just get it out of the way with a giant COVID chickenpox party, but remember, COVID is 100 times deadlier than chickenpox, and that solution will result in so many unnecessary deaths. Our best bet is to try and contain the virus for now until a vaccine is ready for widespread use. Then, when we reach herd immunity, we can feel good about what we achieved rather than guilt for causing thousands of unnecessary deaths of the members of our families in our community. Will this crisis go to waste? With every community crisis, we have a choice. Do we allow ourselves to go backwards? Or do we take what we've learned and grow from it? This pandemic has shown us holes in our public health infrastructure, economies, and trust in science. We at Noise Filter believe we can use this knowledge as the innovation and resilience that this difficult time has inspired to create a world that is healthier and more caring. The World Health Organization Regional Director for Europe made a statement last week where he proposed that our response to the economic struggles caused by COVID-19 must be to create a new and better economy that puts people first. This includes creating a financial safety net, like increased access to unemployment insurance, protection for frontline workers, and an expansion of public health infrastructure. The healthcare system itself could see major changes in response to COVID-19. During this pandemic, we saw how unprepared we are to face a swelling of very sick patients as we experienced shortages of ICU beds and PPE. We saw with stunning clarity how significant comorbidities can be when compounded by this new disease. Now more than ever, we see a need for more access to primary care and health insurance. Doc? When society experiences a crisis, we have two options for how to respond. We can either try to go back to normal while leaving unchanged the flaws that allowed the crisis to occur in the first place, or we can use what we've discovered to change things for the better and prevent a similar situation in the future. For now, we just have to ask ourselves, will this crisis go to waste? And I sincerely hope it will not. I think we can be better, I think we can do better, and I think that we definitely need to be better. Low-wage workers hit the hardest by COVID-19. Now in San Francisco, COVID-19 testing results have revealed a very striking trend. At the beginning of the outbreak, positive results were heavily populated from a Latinx community, many of whom were young men. 
In April, a team of infectious diseases doctors from UCSF conducted a four-day blitz, testing 4,160 adults and children, more than half who were residents in San Francisco's Mission District, a densely populated and largely Latinx neighborhood. Results revealed that of the 2% of the neighborhood that tested positive for the virus, 95% of them were Latinx. The other 5% were all people of color. There were no white people who tested positive, even though the neighborhood itself is 34% white. Now, an administered questionnaire to participants in the testing blitz revealed that 90% of positive tests were from people who were not able to work from home, including low-income workers typically living in households with three or more people. Another revelation from the study was that 53% of those who tested positive were asymptomatic, likely transmitting the virus without them knowing. While many of the researchers already pondered the likelihood of more exposure for low-wage essential workers, the data presented here now solidifies that hypothesis. The stark disparities across these demographics demonstrate the need for resources to quarantine effectively. Many of these Latinx positive tests come from restaurant, delivery, custodial, and construction workers. These jobs are deemed essential, but the workers are not given the proper resources and tools to limit their exposure. Now, Doc Griggs, we've talked about this many times on this show, and I have said many times, even since the beginning of this pandemic, that the real heroes of COVID-19 are these frontline essential workers because they went back and started doing their job, but they did it without the protection that was necessary for them to do it in. And for those folks, I tip my hat. Now for you, Doc Griggs, what do you have to say about this? So Doc, this study highlights the deeply rooted societal inequalities apparent throughout the nation. Many activist groups are calling for the distribution of protective and preventative resources to be allocated to essential workers who are less likely to have access to effective protective gear. As these workers are deemed necessary for day-to-day functions, their health and well-being should be deemed just as essential. We can do better. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Daria and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at Dr. Derry. You can follow Noise Filter at Noise Filter on social media and NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Of course. Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc? Protect yourself and others by staying home. And please wear masks whenever you go outside. Health is a human right.